the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Two thousand mules and a jackass. I've been wondering for a while, uh, last week or so, why Fox News hasn't mentioned uh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie, uh, Two Thousand Mules, uh, especially on Tucker Carlson's show. I found out why today, and I also found something else. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yep, I found a winner. I actually texted Dinesh last night. He was nice enough to get back to me. I asked him if it was just me or was Fox ignoring his movie. He gave me a simple answer. They're ignoring the movie. I asked him why. I got no response. Then Dinesh posted this on Twitter this morning. This is from his Twitter feed. Quote, if you want to see how abusively Tucker Carlson and his Fox News team deal with people, read this thread. It's an exchange between me and Tucker's executive producer, Justin Wells. Now, one of Tucker's producers, a guy named Alex, told me they couldn't run the 90-second trailer. They wanted to use just 45 seconds. Turned out they wanted to cut out my name, Salem Media, and any reference to the movie. Now, this was um, a reference to one of the people who Dinesh had uh, that was in the movie, and he was appearing on the Tucker Carlson show, and uh, Dinesh wanted to... If they were going to use the trailer, he wanted them to use all of it and mention the movie. So Dinesh says he told them to use the entire trailer or not at all. And that brings us to Justin Wells. Now, here's his response to Dinesh. Dinesh, Justin Wells here, VP and EP of everything in the Tucker world. I just want you to know that I slash we won't forget your little stunt today. If you wanted to say how much time to uh, give content on the most watched show in America, then I suggest you produce one in the future. You effed over an important show, an ally that was trying to do you a solid. Don't ever bother working on anything with us in the future and never try to bully my team again. Today's move was short-sighted and dumb. Good luck with everything in the future. How about that guy, huh? Well, after Dinesh tried to explain himself, politely, by the way, never no, no name-calling, we kept it uh, very polite and professional, Wells comes back with this, quote, we would never cut out reference to the film and pass off your story as ours. Our, our content is far superior to yours. I'm quite confident that in that, in that, and you live in a fantasy world. I don't take your a-hole move lightly. If you want a full 90 seconds, buy an ad on the show. No more free ads for you. And as I said, throughout the exchange, Dinesh was polite and professional and that's what he got back from this creep, this producer, Justin Wells. And I worked in TV for a long time. Most of the people I worked with were great. There was always a small percentage of people like this guy who all could have contended for the Windows or Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. And, you know, jerk's not really a strong enough word for this guy. I'm on the radio. I'd use a different one. But And, by the way, if Tucker Carlson is okay with this guy, he's one, too. And it's not a jerk. It's something worse than that. Anyway, when we come back, the lies and the stupidity coming from Joe Biden on why you're paying four fifty a gallon for gas and women and the military. Stick around. Windows are us. You've tried the rest, now try the best. 
When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Hey, Earl. Did you hear that Senator Mastriano voted to pass Act 77? You're kidding. Isn't that the law that allowed no-excuse mail-in ballots that the Democrats are abusing? Yeah, but it's worse than that. Mastriano also proposed that folks with COVID should be mandated to register with the government or be punished. And that's a violation of my privacy rights. Uh, What will they come up with next? A tax increase? You know, Earl, now that you mention it, he has. Mastriano is proposing a 60% increase in our Pennsylvania income tax. Wow. Unbelievable. I'm sure glad I talked to you guys. Don't be like Earl. Get the facts. Doug Mastriano can't be trusted. Paid for by Pennsylvania Patriots for Election Integrity, LLC. This is John Stoggerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the stores, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for the these great radio specials across Pennsylvania. Republican voters are talking, and they are saying that Kathy Barnett is their choice to be our next senator. As a parent, I'm sick and tired of government interfering with how we raise our children. Kathy Barnett will fight for us. Barnett is standing up against the big boys and for our conservative values. With Kathy Barnett, we know what we're getting. No surprises later. Barnett is a fighter. She will stand up against Biden, Schumer, and the radical left. I want my job back. Kathy Barnett means energy independence for Pennsylvania. Kathy Barnett is an educator, writer, and veteran. The Barnetts have two daughters and live in Huntington Valley. Kathy Barnett, pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-taxpayer. Elect Kathy Barnett, U.S. Senate, Republican primary, Tuesday, May 17th. Paid for by Patriotic Veterans, Inc., a 501c4 committee, not coordinated with any candidate or campaign committee. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it was only a matter of time before idiots like uh, Nancy Pelosi started accusing the oil companies of price gouging. And it's uh, obvious that they'll be singing that song right up until Election Day in November. Daniel Turner is the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. He knows all about this stuff, and he joins us now. Daniel, always good to have you on. Thanks for coming. Always a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me back. So uh, have we reached the point where we can declare that the reason gas is headed for about five bucks a gallon is that the oil companies are, are mean and greedy? That's the main reason? It's pretty remarkable that this is now their line of attack. They've tried everything else, right? They've tried blaming it on Putin. Um, they can't find a reason. They had fossil fuel executives hauled before a Senate committee, and that didn't seem to work. Uh, so they're trying to find an excuse, and, and really it, it's quite very simple why gas prices are so high. We're not producing enough. We're not producing enough oil and gas domestically. The supply has dwindled, and the price has gone up as a result. And so it, it, it's not a... a, a 
you know, a, a very hard stretch of the imagination is to figure out why what it is a hard stretch is of political will to reverse this. But we don't expect Joe Biden to reverse his policies anytime soon. So and when did it become the business of the um, of the head of the Federal Reserve to call for the end of fossil fuels? That seems like kind of stepping out of the out of the out of bounds a little bit. Yeah, it is. You know, this is part of his uh, very first day in office, his executive order, which demanded that all government agencies see the lens through climate change. And so the Pentagon has an office of climate change and every single cabinet agency and every single government bureaucracy, including the Federal Reserve. Um, they see everything now through this lens. Um, and this is how to implement his Green New Deal. Remember, that was a big deal a couple of years ago. And I know I've been on your show to talk about the Green New Deal, um, but no one wanted to bring it for a vote. No one wanted to put their actual name on it and no one wanted to be on record voting for it. So they're doing it the old fashioned way. They'll just use government bureaucracy uh, and that way no one has to have their fingerprints on it. We'll just all have to suffer the consequences. And what's what's Yeltsin's uh, Yeltsin's motivation on this? Well, you know, she's following Biden's orders, and this is yeah. directly from the Biden administration. This is this is what John Kerry and Gina McCarthy, these these unelected czars, right, the climate czars, this is what they're doing. And every cabinet agency is, is supposed to follow suit. And so Pete Buttigieg is following this when, and the Transportation Department uh, and, and certainly the Labor Department and, and Energy, of course, and Interior. So, again, what does this have to do? with protecting the environment or protecting the water or the air? Absolutely nothing. It has everything to do with advancing this agenda that Joe Biden wants, which is this Green New Deal. Do you think, and I know this, I guess it might be an unfair question, but do you think in their wildest dreams that they thought that they'd end up with $4.50 a gallon gas this quickly? Yeah, this- I think they do. Really? No, I, 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 yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I have gravitated from saying this is incompetence or this is, uh, uh, you know, they didn't understand what they were doing. I'm, I'm fairly certain that this is deliberate. Um, you know, if you want to implement something, uh, you have to create some sort of climate, or, right? You have to change something in society. And they decided to make fossil fuels the bad guy. And the easiest way to make fossil fuels the bad guy is to make them very, very expensive. Americans love fossil fuels. And you could say, well, they don't like big oil companies. or uh, and, and we can talk about that. But they love fossil fuels in the sense that they love inexpensive, abundant goods and services. Right? When we live our economy now by sitting on our couches and poking at our phone, and within hours, food arrives, or the next day, something arrives from Amazon. Right? That is our economy. And that's all because of inexpensive, abundant, reliable fossil fuels. So if you're the Biden administration and you want to implement this green agenda, you got to get rid of fossil fuels. And the best way to do it is to make them very, very expensive. And then maybe after enough time, after enough suffering, the American people will say, please, Joe Biden, save us from the fossil fuels. Uh, Give us an alternative. And he will say, I have an alternative, wind and solar. And they stink and they don't work and they're expensive. Uh, but it's my agenda, and this is what I want. So this is very deliberate. Well, I, I just for the record, I don't have the words to describe my deep and undying love for big oil companies. How much I yeah. love them! I mean, it's all I'm my life. I I, I I think I've kind of benefited from them a lot. We all have, you yeah. know. I mean, they they produce this product from fifteen thousand feet underground. Uh, they, they, they find it, they, they extract it, they ship it to refineries, they turn it into millions of products, the most common of which is gasoline for your car, and we buy it for a, a tenth of the price of bottled water. I yeah. mean, just think about that. I mean, gas is cheaper than milk. Yeah. And you could, it, it probably shouldn't be, but the amount of work and effort that goes into bringing gas, and, and, and we use it so commonly uh, and that's what I meant by when I said that we love fossil fuels because we love the quality of life it affords us. In 2019, when gas was $2 a, uh, a gallon on average nationwide, look at what happened to our economy. Yep. Right, Every single sector of the economy had record years. Hotels, restaurants, travel, retail, all of them did because with our surplus cash, 
we bought things and we went on vacation and we loved our life. Um, that's going away now little by little. So fossil fuel is really expensive. Yes, goods and services are expensive uh, and gas is expensive, but you're not going to go out to eat. You're not going to order and take out. You're not going to even drive you know, to Colorado to see the mountains this summer. You just can't afford it. And that's how the rest of the economy is going to slowly start taking a hit. What, what are they going to make the phone out of? that you're going to use to order this stuff with no oil. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the other big lie about the green movement. Besides the fact that there is no climate crisis, the other big lie is that wind and solar replace fossil fuels. Um, wind and solar don't, um, and that only talks about electricity production. Right. The, the millions of products that come from fossil fuels, the one that we're struggling the most with right now is, is fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, fertilizer is a is a byproduct of natural gas and ammonia, uh, which is a byproduct of natural gas, and pesticides uh, is a byproduct of of oil. And so, you look at our farm prices and food prices, and people say, "Boy, wow, why is that so expensive?" Well, a diesel is at record highs, literally record highs, and every tractor and combine and irrigator runs on diesel. Um, but but then all of the the things necessary to produce these crops all run on fossil fuels. I mean, fossil fuels has made us very, very wealthy and healthy, and it's actually cleaned up our planet. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I was saying the other day, I, I wish I had better news sometimes. I do a lot of this for a living and talking to great shows like yours, and I'm tired of being the prophet of doom, but... Mm-hmm. I don't have a bright opt- I don't have much optimism right now about the direction our country's going. Well, you know, I've never understood. We're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Um, I, I've always thought that if, uh, if I were um, uh, working in the marketing department or in the it's just in, for an oil company for Exxon, say, I would I would um, create a commercial that shows um, how a gallon of gas ends up in your car. Um, yeah. And start with the exploration for the oil, the drilling for the oil, the um, the shipping of the oil from wherever it is to wherever it has to be refined, then the refining of the oil, and then the oil, I'm talking about now we're getting to gas, and then the gas that uh, the, you know then it becomes gasoline in a truck that is then driven to wherever it's driven and given to the gas station, and then sh- show all that work and everything that goes into it. And then just cut to a shot of the pump, and it says two dollars and ninety cents a gallon. Yeah, and and say, uh, and you, maybe you could be holding a can of uh, of diet uh, Pepsi, and you can say, I paid two dollars and twenty five cents for this. You know, exactly. Uh, I, exactly. I, I, people just those... don't get it. I, I that, what I'm I'm just amazed by the fact that it's as cheap as it is. Even four dollars and fifty see... cents a gallon is cheap. It is, and, and, and you see those very expensive bottled waters that are the yeah. same price, except it's eight fluid ounces. <laughs> um, so it, it really is remarkable. It is the miracle of the free markets. It's the free miracle of entrepreneurism, uh, and, and it is what you know, that, that invisible hand. Um, millions of, of transactions of people's knowledge and, and, and effort have created this abundance of goods and services that has made our economy flourish. And, and when government tinkers at any level, and by tinkering with energy, you tinker at the most fundamental and foundational level, but government tinkering, look at what it's done. Well, we have baby food uh, shortages right now. Right. And people yeah. say, well, that has nothing to do with fossil fuels. It has everything to do with fossil fuels. Our entire economy runs on reliable, inexpensive, abundant, and hopefully domestic energy. And, and any effort to thwart that just makes us a weaker, poorer, dirtier, less healthy, and looking at geopolitics right now, more vulnerable country. Does it get any dumber than uh, Nancy Pelosi proposing a law that would allow the president to declare an emergency, which he's going to do next week, uh, and, and put a limit on what can be charged for gas? Yeah, well, you know, that's worked so well in the past when yeah. you look at that. that price part, controls, that yeah. Price control. <laughs> you know, we, has it ever worked under any previous president? Um, and this just shows you the, the playbook that we're at. And, you know, I'm sure most people in Congress can remember the FDR administration. So so they look at that and, and it, it, you know, it's amazing. We just have the same tired, boring politicians um, and, and they don't realize that they're the reason why we're having these problems. 
Um, I, I will give so much credit to the previous administration because the greatest thing that the Trump administration did with energy is they let the industry do what it does best. They didn't tinker. They didn't get involved. They didn't think they knew better. They just freed up the free markets to do what it does. And with that freedom, it created the most amount of a product at the lowest price point for the greatest number of people in the most efficient way possible. And that was 2018, 2019. That's what will happen with every industry if people like Pelosi and Biden and the government tinkerers just get out of the way and let the free market work. That's that's uh, that's it. And and, and I it's just um, when, when you talk about price controls, I see if I have this right. If if I'm Exxon and Joe Biden is able to come out next week and say you are not allowed to charge more than forty four twenty five a gallon, well. If I'm uh, running a country, a company, and um, I'm interested in making a profit, if I, if I, if they tell me that I can't charge more than X for it, and I look at it and I say, "Listen, if I don't charge that much, I can't make any money." Isn't the first thing I do is stop looking for more oil because I don't need it because I don't want to sell it because I can't make any money on it? Absolutely. I mean, the reason why prices are so high is because we are not producing enough. And trust me, this is an industry that would like to make its profits on volume and not on on price point. And they understand that the American people don't like them right now. They don't want oil to be $110 a barrel. They would be much happier producing oil at $55 a barrel, but producing two barrels of it than just one at 110 because it, it, it allows for a more robust industry, and it also allows for government and people like Pelosi to stay off their back. So you're absolutely right. These price controls aren't going to have the effect they want. They're just going to depress and prolong the pain that we're experiencing right now. All you need to do is the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. and you see exactly what the result will be. It's happened a million times, and they don't get it. We're talking to uh, Daniel Turner. He's the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. So Jen Psaki, who uh, thankfully said goodbye today, she's gone, Jeez, but she said yesterday that it's all about the oil companies not wanting to drill, and she mentioned the 9,000-plus drilling permits that haven't been used. Is that another one of their misleading claims? Yeah, that's the talking point they use all the time because it, it sounds very good. Um, in an average year, we should probably have about forty-five to 50,000 permits available. So just to give that 9,000 a, a uh, denominator, it's really not that many permits. And secondly, the permitting is just the first step, right? Permitting is having access to land. Um, once you have that permit, and so say we, ha- we do have 9,000 permits, well, now the next step is I need to do exploratory drilling. Do I have that permission? The answer is no. Well, then what good does it do that I have this permit? And so the Biden, the Biden administration says, well, you have 9,000 permits, great. Can I, you know, you have permission uh, to, to build a house. Can you dig a foundation? No. Can you dig a well for oil and septic? No. Can you start pouring concrete? Or No. So then don't yell at me that I can't build a house. You haven't given me permission to do anything. We need to cooperate with government. That's the biggest drawback of this industry is we do need government to be a good partner. And when government's not a good partner, investors run away, and that's what they're doing right now. And supply gets hurt, and that's what we're experiencing right now. So the government, the Biden administration, they're just a bad partner, uh, and, and we're experiencing this. What's going to happen this summer, uh, Daniel, when everybody is cranking their air conditioning? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're already talking about electricity shortages in many municipalities. Um, I was actually just doing a New York radio show a little while ago, which is my hometown, and, and they're already predicting a, a 10 to 12% increase in utilities in New York City. And the reason why is because there's not enough electricity production. So uh, we're talking about huge prices in, in increases, um, and we're also talking about rationing electricity, all in the name of progress, right? Is this, is this the progress that the Greens promised us? I mean, my, I don't think my grandparents ever talked about rationing electricity. And heck, just five years ago, we didn't talk about rationing electricity. So how have we allowed ourselves to to fall into this mess. And, and they're going to, you know what they're going to do, John, and your, your great listeners need to know this. They're going to paint it as like, well, this is just the new normal, right? This is the way things are right now. And, and it's not. We, we do remember a robust uh, America, a prosperous, uh, a rich uh, um, and working America. And, and we've accepted 
gosh, you know, any, every time you get in an airport or, or any, you take a, a bus or a train, we've accepted the fact that our government stinks and all of its services stink. And that mentality needs to change, right? We need to no yep. longer be comfortable with how lousy government is at its job. Um, because any other service industry, you would fire them. You'd find a new painter or a contractor or a mechanic. Boy, do we need to fire our entire government. I hear you. I'm out of time. I got one quick question, a 10-second answer. Are we going to be above an average of 5 bucks a gallon before Independence Day? Yes. Well, 100%. That's, a, that's, that's, that's the answer. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Always good yeah. to have you on. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. I appreciate being on your show. Okay, that's Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Ukrainian and British officials say Russia suffered heavy losses when Ukrainian forces destroyed the pontoon bridge that enemy troops were using to try to cross a river in the east. In another sign of Moscow's struggle to salvage a war not going quite to plan, Ukraine's Airborne Command has released photos and video of what it says is a damaged Russian pontoon bridge over the Seversky Donetsk River and several destroyed or damaged Russian military vehicles nearby. Ukraine says troops had thwarted an attempt by Russian forces to cross the river earlier this week, leaving dozens of tanks and other military vehicles damaged or abandoned. The command says its troops drowned the Russian occupiers. I'm Charles Dilladesma. Stocks higher, the Dow up 336 points, and the Nasdaq ahead 393. This is SRN News. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. Jay Sekulow doesn't like what's happening on Capitol Hill. I look at the bill and I look at the legislation, uh, Senator Schumer's, and not only does it go beyond uh, Lindsey Graham said it, it, it's just basically an abortion on demand whenever, but it also exempts out the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which gives the conscience protections to those individuals that do not want to participate in the abortion procedure. Secular live weeknights at 6 on AM 1250. The answer. Raised in abject poverty on a pig farm, Kathy Barnett overcame bleak beginnings with hard work and determination following a calling to join the U.S. Army Reserve. A proud veteran, now a homeschool mom and pro-Trump conservative fighter for Pennsylvania, Kathy Barnett is running for the U.S. Senate to preserve the America that gave her the opportunity to rise. Barnett says she's proof that woke liberals are wrong about America. And Kathy knows parents deserve a say in their own kids' education. Barnett will fight to clean up Biden's inflation mess, end the welfare state, stop the creep of socialism, and make America great again. And Kathy's not afraid to take on the swamp establishment in both parties to do what's right for Pennsylvania. Send a pro-Trump conservative fighter to the Senate. Kathy Barnett. Paid for by Club for Growth Action. Clubforgrowthaction.org. And not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Club for Growth Action is responsible for the content of this ad. Tired of always being the bridesmaid and never the bride? Author and matchmaker Jackie Dorman will help you discover the love you deserve with her bride boot camp at lovestories.com. Being single has its own set of unique challenges, but you don't have to face them alone. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. When you join my 30-day bride boot camp at lovestories.com, you will get video teachings plus access to a vibrant community of women 
just like you, ready to become brides. Discover the 30-day Bride Boot Camp courses, coaching, and community at lovestories.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Finishing out our Friday the 13th ride on Parkway East, still really busy on the inbound side between Greensburg Pike and the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Looks like about a 15-minute delay. Outbound starting to clear out. Parkway West not doing too badly at the moment. On outbound 28, also clearing out between Route 8 and Delafield Avenue. Just minor delays, but the off-ramp to Delafield Avenue is shut down with construction. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. It'll be mostly cloudy and mild for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 61. Tomorrow will be rather cloudy and more humid with a shower in spots in the morning, followed by a thunderstorm in the afternoon and a high of 78. As we wrap up the weekend Sunday, we'll see mainly cloudy skies. It will be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, mainly later in the day, the high 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we don't have troops on the ground in Ukraine, not yet anyway, although you can be pretty sure there are plenty of people in Washington who wouldn't mind uh, if we did. Wherever we uh, put troops again, will they be ready to fight and win? Elaine Donnelly is the president of the Center for Military Readiness, and she deals with that all the time, and she joins us now. Elaine, thanks for coming on the show again. I appreciate it. Yes, glad to be here. Oh, uh, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, who's an infantry veteran, uh, had some tw- tough questions about uh, this readiness for the, uh, for the Secretary of the Army, who is Christine Warmuth. How did she do? <laughs> this is an amazing video. I hope you'll post it somewhere. It's only six minutes. Take a look at it. It's very rare that you see a, a United States senator taking on a woman official. She's the first uh, female uh, Secretary of the Army, and she has no combat background or experience, not that she has to, but he does. And the difference in their mindset, it was just remarkable to see. But he questioned her about the Army's combat fitness test. It's been more than three years in the making. It's been controversial from the start, and they've not been able to solve a problem that they brought on themselves. You see, they promised when women would be in the combat units, the infantry and special operations forces, armor and artillery, that they said not to worry, they promised this. There will be gender-neutral standards, meaning the same for men and women. And that kind of disarmed a lot of uh, criticism. A lot of people said, well, if they can do the same thing as men, why not? Well, there were a lot of reasons why not, but the promises now have been broken because after three years of experimentation with this Army Combat Fitness Test, where they tried to implement the gender-neutral standards, it didn't work because the failure rates for women were so high. It started out like 85% failure rate in the first round preliminary, and then they tried a different version. There was a, a leg tuck exercise. You pull your legs up to a high rod, and it's very tough to do. The women were struggling, so they changed that. Well, you can do a plank instead. That didn't work. The, the score or the failures were still high. Then they tried comparing the top women to the top men in what they called performance tiers, and that didn't fool anybody. And finally, they, they called in Rand to do a study. And Rand found out that... Only 52% of active duty enlisted women compared to 92% of the men were able to pass the test. So I'm not going to tell you all the data, but it was very clear that the the gender equality myth was just that, a myth. It, It didn't work out. So then Senator Tom Cotton is questioning the Secretary of the Army, and he said, well, wait a minute, for one of the test iterations said they were going to match the person to the job, you'd have to do heavier tests if you're going to go into a heavier job. Well, that's gone. And she said, oh, the test is is tougher, and he said he would not listen to that. He said, no, this is going to get people killed. He actually said that to her because the standards are so pathetic. He called them pathetic. She was looking at it, well, we have to be fair to people who might fail. He was looking at it as a combat veteran. And the contrast between the two, it's really an interesting colloquy to, to take a look at.
Yeah, it's a, I saw the video. It's uh, it's amazing. He was not happy. Uh, he no. was he, he came after her pretty hard. Um, uh, so, what is Warmuth's background? Here's the thing. I, I, you know, I'm I, I'm a little gun shy on this because you're always accused of being a sexist. But <laughs> uh, is she qualified for the job by anything other than being another check for another Biden administration's box? Uh, you know, she's the first female secretary of the army. Is that right. her number one qualification? Well, she's had some background in academia, in Pentagon assignments, uh, assistant secretary or deputy for this or that. Um, as I say, not the kind of combat experience even close to uh, uh, Tom Cotton. Not that you have to. I mean, the president doesn't have combat experience either. I mean, this is not unusual. But in her case, for her to sit there and tell this combat veteran that this test is tougher, when he readily sees, he said, wait a minute, I had to do, or infantry used to have to do at least 35 push-ups to qualify just to get in the infantry. Now the number is down to 10 for everybody. <laughs> Let me tell you something, and, uh, if I can interrupt for a second, Elaine. Mm-hmm. I'm old, okay? <laughs> uh, if we were on TV right now, I could show you. I could get down and hit the floor right now, and I'll do twenty push-ups. And sure I haven't done a can. I haven't done a push-up in five years. Ten yes. push-ups. I I, I just uh, that's not even worth the 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 effort to get down on the floor to do them if that's all you're going to yeah. do. And, uh, who and, came and up with that number? Well, because they had to make it gender neutral, or at least make it possible for what what she called subset groups. That would be women and older soldiers. This this test also was a little weird because everybody had to take the same test regardless of age. So you have a three-star general in the Pentagon. You have um, you know a 27-year-old uh, X-ray technician, and then you have the infantry team leader, and they all have to take the same test. That doesn't make any sense. And the the um, Army Combat Fitness Test, this one replaced the old physical fitness test that had been in, in place for 40 years. It was very difficult to administer. Expensive equipment was needed. Uh, weather was a factor. You couldn't do it just anywhere like the old test. And in that regard, she would say, oh, well, it's, it's tougher than what they started out with. But, but she's completely missing the point. It isn't how tough the test is. It is what are the combat requirements. And that's why that's where Senator Cotton really uh, took her to task and did it in a very respectful way and knowledgeable way when she tried to change the subject or, or um, say, well, there, there'll be tougher standards in the infantry. He said, no, excuse me, here's the, the frequently asked question page on your webpage, the Secretary of the Army, or the Army webpage, rather. It says you can't have higher standards for the combat arms. Now, combat arms units are the ones that attack the enemy, all right? Women serve in harm's way. They serve with courage. Nobody questions their courage, their commitment, but the units that attack the enemy, infantry, armor, special ops, uh, you have to have tougher standards for anybody going into those communities. But you know what the problem is? It's these diversity mandates. In order to meet a certain percentage quota of women, you have to have those standards low enough so that a sufficient number of women can succeed. Uh, even though their injury rates are known to be higher, non-deployability is a problem to a greater degree. Uh, men ace these tests, by the way. The enlisted men, 98 to 100 um, percent, looking at the top MOSs, the bottom MOSs. I mean, there's just no comparison between the level of achievement of even the best women and the least accomplished men. It, every, everybody knew this going in. Who wouldn't know been, that? Pardon? Who wouldn't know that? Well, you know, the the United States Marine Corps did three years of field testing, and they found that uh, I think it was in sixty five percent of the uh, uh, of the exercises, the gender mixed units did not do as well as the gender separate, the, the all male units. Elaine, excuse me. Over and over, and then what happened? Well, the Obama administration just ignored that. They said no. If there's any concerns about combat readiness, we will counter them with leadership and, get this, gender-neutral standards. Mm-hmm. So you see the whole premise, the whole premise of this exercise has, has now, it was all based on egalitarian theories. And the theories are crumbling under the weight of inconvenient realities. And what's interesting is the data that I uh, quoted here in um, 
Senator Cotton quoted, it's not from the Marine Corps. It's from RAND. RAND is a, it's, it's a uh, contractor for Department of Defense. They're always on the liberal side of these social issues, always. So for them to tell the Army, well, you know, if you gender norm the test, you could do that, but it means you will have to accept that some soldiers will not be as strong as others. And that is the trade-off that the Army took. They decided, okay, we'll have gender uh, normed, that is, different standards for men and women, gender norm standards, knowing that a good percentage of the soldiers who are put in these units are not going to be qualified to meet the standards as they used to be before. It's the trade-off that's the problem. And that that's where uh, Senator Cotton said they should not. He didn't use that word, trade-off, but... That, that was Rand's word, and the Army took that trade-off, and that's why uh, Senator Cotton was going after the Secretary of the Army. And, you know, it had nothing really to do about the women in the, in the Army, nothing about them, as I said, not their courage or their willingness to work hard and try as hard as they can in this training, but there are physical differences. They're not going to change. You can train as hard as you can and give the same training to men, and men are always going to come out greater and stronger uh, than the women do. That It's all about physiology. Well, so, uh, Elaine, it would take the average person three minutes to figure that out. Well, and you say it, the Marines did this for three years, and then they came to Three years, the... and the Army has spent three years figuring it out. <laughs> and I think they were hoping yeah. that nobody would notice what had happened. <laughs> Uh, these things, I mean, it, it took a while. I did a, a longer version, a policy analysis, uh, with footnotes and everything, citing all the documents, and it took a long time to kind of sort it all out. The Army is a very complicated institution, but when you see the attempts over three years and how they, they tried this and they tried that, and the military press did not cover this story. They, they only did in real time. Well, this is the story today, but they didn't connect it to what happened yesterday. And they didn't connect it to the pro- to the promises that were made back in 2015. So Senator Cotton, I think, does have a good sense for where is the Army going with this. They're going down the road to diversity is a strategic imperative. Now, that phrase is being constantly repeated. It's like a mantra at the Pentagon right now. See, uh, even, in, even in special operations forces, diversity is an operational imperative. That's the way they put it. Really? No, it isn't. It's getting the job done, and it's the most dangerous line of where you, work you can be in. Well, you know what would be an imperative for me would be not getting killed, because somebody That's, who's next to me can only do 12 push-ups. Right. You it's know? also mission accomplishment. Yeah. If you send people out and they're not able to accomplish a dangerous mission, or worse, if they become a burden to others mm-hmm. who are trying to accomplish the mission, that is just wrong. And that's why Senator Cotton said, this is going to get people killed. <laughs> but, but Elaine, and, uh, we're talking to Elaine Donnelly. She's president of the Center for Military Readiness. You don't have to go to West Point to figure this stuff out. Right. It's, it, you don't have to you know, be a, uh, have a Ph.D. in military science. You can yes. get 50 people together, 50 men over here, all men, and have them uh, have an athletic contest of some kind. You can get 50 people over here and have it be 25 men and 25 women on any surface in America or on the planet Earth, and, mm-hmm. and it's going to come out the same way. The, the group with all men is going to do better than the group with men and women in, in those kinds of physical tests. What, well, that's right. What are they Potential wasting people's time for with this? Potential adversaries uh, that we may find ourselves in a fight with in the future, they're not worrying about gender neutrality or percentage quotas, uh, demographic quotas. They're not worrying about that. But this administration is so obsessed with diversity as the number one imperative. That's why the Army is doing what it's doing. And when I watched Secretary Wormuth, she reminded me, of a lot of Pentagon feminists I have known over the years. I was a member of a Pentagon advisory committee way back when. It's called Dakowitz, Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services, also a presidential commission on women in the services. And what you see there, people like the ones who work at RAND, all they talk about is equal opportunity. Who cares? About equal well, opportunity. Do. I don't. I don't want to. They really do. I want and, people and who can kill other people and blow things up. That's what the military right. is supposed to do. Right. Now, the commission on which I served, uh, we came to the conclusion 
that you can have different standards in basic training when someone just joins. Yeah. A pre-commissioning at the service academies and basic uh, preliminary training. You can you can gender norm there. If you didn't, you would lose a lot of good women in the military. Where, but and, and the previous test was gender normed in that way—a physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. That's all it was: sit-ups, uh, uh, two-minute run, and so many push-ups. It wasn't a big deal, but it was standard. Everybody did the same thing, but it was gender normed. It was scored differently. Uh, we said that's okay. But women were not in the combat arms back then. You see, once there is nothing between a woman and an assignment to the infantry, but this kind of test, she's going to go into the infantry whether she's really qualified or not. Because on paper, according to the gender norm score, she's doing half as much as as, um, a man who's also going in the infantry, but she is considered equally qualified. Uh, Senator Cotton made the point, minimal qualifications don't cut it. You could have a, a 60 rating, that's the minimum, for a particular event, one event, and you have six of them, it adds up to 360. And he said, wait a minute, you know, in, when he was in the Army, that would be an embarrassment. You had to have at least 90 points on an event. But they have just dumbed things down so that the minimum is sufficient. Uh, mediocrity instead of meritocracy. Now, again, this is not a reflection on the women involved because they, you know, physiology is what it is. Well, this is unbelievably it's, stupid on its face, Elaine. But yeah, but but, but what's it going to what's it going to take to um, expose the stupidity once and for all? Is it going to take uh, a military action and 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 expose the stupidity of this? Is it only going to well, be exposed when it's put here, out on the field? Here's the thing. When you see an example of leadership, it's good to encourage that senator to continue. Mm -hmm. He said at the end of his discussion with the Secretary of the Army, he's not going to let this stand. And and I don't know exactly what he has in mind, but what he said was standards for each uh, individual MOS, occupational specialty, uh, you've got to have uh, gender neutral. You can't make adjustments based on who is going into that field. So I'm not sure exactly what he's going to do, but he should be encouraged. So your listeners, if you take a look at that video, just drop a line on his website and say, way to go, Senator, let's see what happens next. I'm sure there's a lot of Army guys out there listening to this program, or they might might have seen uh, Secretary Carter. Maybe they read my article, which is on the Federalist uh, today. Uh, if they look at that video, what you see there is a senator stepping up and leading. Mm-hmm. Uh, encourage him to do more of the same. Encourage your own senators to join him. Uh, this is the first time I've seen a United States senator do such a good job. He was so well prepared. Yep. Well, he's, to, he uh, has the experience. To raise the questions and not let her get away with with the kind of decoitsy um, language that I'm used to seeing from feminists in the Pentagon. I'm out of time, Elaine. I always love having you on. You got great stuff. Uh, the Center of for Military Resident Readiness. I really readiness. appreciate it. Yep, Center for okay, Military thank Readiness. You. Thank you. That's okay, Elaine Donnelly. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. servings of fruits and vegetables do you have in your fridge right now? If you're like most people, the answer is simply not enough. But who can? It is difficult to keep your family stocked up with the recommended amounts of fruits and vegetables every day without a daily trip to the grocery store. If only there was a way to get all the recommended fruits and vegetables into your diet. Balance of Nature is the easiest way to do just that. Balance of Nature utilizes years of scientific research to give you the most efficient way to eat your fruits and vegetables on a daily basis. We source fruits and vegetables that meet our rigorous standards of quality and quickly put them through an advanced cold, dark drying process, locking in the dense nutrient content. This food is then ground up and placed into capsules for you to take at your convenience. Make eating healthy easy by going online to balanceofnature.com or by calling 1-800-246-8751. And be sure to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code 
balance. Across Pennsylvania, Republican voters are talking, and they are saying that Kathy Barnett is their choice to be our next senator. As a parent, I'm sick and tired of government interfering with how we raise our children. Kathy Barnett will fight for us. Barnett is standing up against the big boys and for our conservative values. With Kathy Barnett, we know what we're getting. No surprises later. Barnett is a fighter. She will stand up against Biden, Schumer, and the radical left. I want my job back. Kathy Barnett means energy independence for Pennsylvania. Kathy Barnett is an educator, writer, and veteran. The Barnetts have two daughters and live in Huntington Valley. Kathy Barnett, pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-taxpayer. Elect Kathy Barnett, U.S. Senate, Republican primary, Tuesday, May 17th. Paid for by Patriotic Veterans, Inc., a 501c4 committee, not coordinated with any candidate or campaign committee. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI. And visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. A big day around here on Tuesday with the primary. we got Summer Lee is running, and she wins her primary. She's going to go to Congress, and she's going to be our version of AOC. I want to quickly read what she said back in, uh, I think it was 2019, talking about Barack Obama and racism in America. When he got elected, I think people thought we were in a post-racial America, and we were not. I think what we learned is that racism was very much real and still very much around the obstruction and that, that, that he saw. Just the horrible racist rhetoric of having a black family in the White House was very clear that you felt the hate and you saw the hate. I just think that America has a really big problem with race, and it's very real. This is what she said about Barack Obama being elected president. You could feel the hate, okay? She wants to be in Congress, and she's probably going to end up there. He was reelected, okay? She says it was all hate. You could just see it. It was terrible, and he had to put up with the racism. Uh, He was elected a second time, okay? You can't win. You can't win And it means another idiot is going to Congress, another counterproductive idiot. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.